Bloomington, partly sunny and 37 also with a wind chill of 30. Indicator, it's cloudy and 43 degrees. Peoria, sunny and 36. Springfield, cloudy and 45. Taylorville, partly sunny and 48. Rantoul, it is cloudy and 37. And Mattoon, cloudy and 39. At Willard Airport in Champaign, it is cloudy and 37 degrees with a dew point of 29 and a wind chill of 30. And at Friends Plaza in Urbana, outside of our studios, it is 38 degrees. You're listening to the Afternoon Magazine on WILL. WILL programming is made possible by Columbia Street Roastery, offering over 30 varieties and blends of whole bean or ground coffee at 24 East Columbia in Champaign. Coffee, tea, and chai are available from their retail store, in local restaurants, and through Columbia Street Roastery's coffee service. More information is available at 352-9713. This past weekend, the homelessness advocacy group See You at Home had their second annual One Winter Night event, where they encouraged students and people in the community to sleep outside in cardboard boxes. It's supposed to give people a taste of what it's like to be homeless. I went out to see how it was going on Friday, and on my way over, I ran into a couple of volunteers. They were young undergrad students standing on the side of Green Street with big signs that read, Help the Homeless. They were directing cars into a drive through donation center that had been set up on a side road. To get the car's attention, there was a lot of screaming. One of those students is Khadijah Hallman. I stood with her for a few minutes, and as time went on, the yelling got louder. Khadijah started dancing, and her friend Kelly jumped up and down. Wait, are you trying to get people to make an illegal right turn? Hey, anything for the homeless. <laughs> this is anything for the homeless. They're important. No one's going to catch them. Are you guys, are you guys, do you feel like you're having fun out here tonight? Yeah, <laughs> a little too much fun. <laughs> it's not every day you get to shout at strangers like this. <laughs> true, true. I stayed with Khadijah and Kelly for a few minutes before walking over to the quad, where the students were planning to sleep overnight. There, I found some people who were sitting in modest cardboard houses, and some other people who were also maybe having a little too much fun. I spoke to Kelsey, a drama student who was standing next to a very well-appointed cardboard house. Well, um, one of the guys compared it to a Swedish hut. So we have a box on the ground and then a box... A larger box acting as the walls. The foyer is in the front. The library is in the back. And then wait a second, hold on. You have a library and a foyer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, jewel encrusted ceilings. It's really something special. And then the tarp on the top to keep out the wind. Well, the jewel encrusted ceiling part was a joke, but still, for cardboard standards, the house was kind of fancy. Okay. Yeah. What do you have a strategy like in case it gets too cold? What you're gonna do? I was just going to run laps <laughs> or do jumping jacks and hope that works. Okay. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to be able to have breakfast at 6 in the morning, so I think that's helping me get through the night. So yeah. what, what do you have right there? Hot chocolate. They, yeah. they take care of us. They give us sack lunches, and they have hot chocolate, and then Wesley is open 24 hours. Yeah. Wait, isn't that kind of cheating a little bit? Do you have hot chocolate? On the... and, and a place to go at, at 24 hours? Yeah, I think so. You yeah, think it is cheating? It, yeah, a little bit. Kelsey told me that even though she was having a good time, she couldn't lose sight of the evening's real meaning, to raise awareness for the almost 100 people who are homeless in Champaign-Urbana. I spoke with Melanie Jackson, the executive director of CU at Home, who helped organize the event. She said that even though people were enjoying themselves, the problem in the city is actually getting worse. It's pretty serious, and it's pretty hidden here. 
people don't really see it, they don't really realize it. Like, do you feel like there are services here for people who are homeless or who fit that criteria that are sufficient for the size of the problem? Nowhere even close. That's why there are people on the street. The shelters are full. Transitional housing is full. There are waiting lists. Some of them have waiting lists of of two years. There's a two-year waiting list for a homeless? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've got nothing else to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's ridiculous. Do you feel like um, people are sort of starting to pay attention to this a little bit more? I hope so. You know, I do think there is progress being made, and we need just more um, opportunities like this for people to, to get involved and to understand how critical this issue is. Why, why is it so severe here? That's a good question. We um, are very high up on the list of poverty counties in the state, We were at number nine, and I'm pretty sure we went up to number seven of counties with the most percentage of poverty. So there are many people who not only are homeless, but who are on the the poverty end of the financial spectrum. That's Melanie Jackson, the executive director of CU at Home. You can find out more about her organization at cuathome.org. One of the biggest challenges of dealing with homelessness is getting federal funding from HUD, the Department of Housing and Urban Development. To do that, each community applying for funding needs to know how big their problem is. Last week, Champaign County had their biannual homeless count, where volunteers searched the campus to find out how many people are actually affected by the problem. This morning, I spoke to Carrie Spear, who organizes the count, and she says we won't know for a few weeks how many people it actually is. We're still in the process of entering that information and analyzing it, and I suspect that will be released probably in March or early April. What, what kind of analysis has to happen? Uh, well, it's a team of people on a, um, the Consumer of Care Executive Committee will look at the information, make sure that all the, you know, the volunteers actually took the surveys, and so sometimes there may be follow-up questions. So we don't know the numbers right now, and I mean, certainly you have to take this care to make sure that you don't overcount certain people or count people who are not homeless for a long period of time. What have the numbers been like in past surveys for Champaign-Urbana? Unsheltered, um, we've seen upwards to the mid-30s, you know, in the 30, 35 range of the number of people that are truly living in uninhabitable conditions. The most recent count, I think it was more in the, of around 15 people were uh, found to be unsheltered, long-term homeless, and, you know, living in uninhabitable conditions, so. Carrie says every community has to do their homeless count on the same week. The problem is that the way the homeless count works now, HUD schedules all of the counts on one of the coldest weeks of the year. And that tends to skew the numbers. Well, it's bitterly cold typically in the last week of January, and people are not outside as or readily as found uh, that last week of January. So how, how does that skew the count? It's harder to find people. So I would you know assume that the numbers are probably lower than what we would um, see if this were conducted in a warmer month. So... In that way, it could possibly uh, undercount the number of people who are homeless, which could affect the funding, uh, the number that is sent to HUD for funding. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. And, but every city, every continuum in the nation has to conduct this during the same time of year. A number like in the 30s, I mean, a lot of people make an assumption because Champaign-Urbana is a you know, university community, uh, that it's not somewhere where you would see a great deal of poverty necessarily. Um, where where are people staying during, you know, these very, very cold nights like last week? Uh, some people actually sleep behind buildings uh, or in the woods. There, you know, there are some 
woodsy locations, if you will, in the urban area. People are, get creative. Uh, they'll sleep in 24-hour buildings if they can, you know, until they are found, so to speak. So just a lot of creative places that people try to stay out of sight, if you will, um, but stay warm. I did speak with uh, Melanie Jackson last week, and she had suggested that there might be a shortage in terms of the amount of shelter space uh, that's needed. We do know that there's usually a wait list for some of the various shelters. Um, they're usually at capacity. Right. She'd suggested that there was a wait list that could get as long as two years in some places. I mean, does that number sound familiar to you? Well, I, I don't work necessarily directly with the wait list. I would caution that um, when people maintain a wait list, it kind of depends on is it are they maintaining names on the wait list um, and verifying if people have been housed, Right. meaning if they've been housed elsewhere, how do they get taken off the list? I would say there can be a lengthy wait for people that are in need of housing. Why Why is that wait so long in this community particularly? Uh, I think it's true anywhere. There's just not enough resources for the amount of need that we see. I don't think that's anything unique to Champaign-Urbana. So it's just kind of a problem that there's just not the, – the pool isn't big enough for everybody to draw enough from it to solve this problem. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Carrie Spear works in Neighborhood Services for Champaign County. To find out more about homelessness in the community and to hear all of our stories from the Afternoon Magazine, visit us online, will.illinois.edu. I'm Chris Berube. Today's broadcast is made possible with support from these business partners. Agrigold Hybrids, Muhammad, Charles M. Hundley, Champaign, Michael Walker Consulting, Urbana, and Bates Commodities, Normal. These business partners join the friends of WILL in making great programs possible. Thank you. And here is the Writer's Almanac for Monday. It's the 4th of February, 2013. It's the birthday of Betty Friedan, born 1921 in Peoria, Illinois, author of The Feminine Mystique, which came out in 1963, one of the most influential nonfiction books of the 20th century, about educated women at the end of World War II who were leading ostensibly idyllic domestic lives and yet who felt unfulfilled, unhappy, and restless. It's the birthday of Charles A. Lindbergh, born in Detroit, 1902, who in 1927 became the first man to fly solo nonstop across the Atlantic Ocean, New York to Paris. It's the birthday in London, 1916, of the poet Gavin Ewart, author of many books of poetry, started writing poetry early when he was just 17, and then when World War II broke out, he stopped for about 20 years. His collection, Londoners, came out in 1964. Gavin Ewart, who wrote, For nursery days are gone, nightmare is real, and there are no god fairies. The fox's teeth are in the bunny, and nothing can remove them, honey. It's the birthday of the novelist and short story writer Robert Coover, born Charles City, Iowa, in 1932, whose first novel was The Origin of the Brunists, 1966, about the lone survivor of a mining accident, goes on to start a religious cult. Robert Coover, who said he writes because art blows life into the lifeless, death into the deathless, author of the Universal Baseball Association, Incorporated, The Public Burning, and A Child Again. It was on this day, 1789, the Electoral College 
unanimously elected George Washington, the first president of the United States. It's the birthday of the novelist McKinley Cantor, born in Webster City, Iowa, 1904. Wrote a number of Civil War novels, including Andersonville, which he spent 25 years researching before it came out in 1955 about the Confederate prison camp where 50,000 Union soldiers died. It's the birthday of the writer Stuart O'Nan, born in Pittsburgh, 1961, worked as an aerospace engineer for years, and in the evenings went down to his basement to write. Published his first novel, Snow Angels, in 1994, about a murder in a small town in western Pennsylvania. Stuart O'Nan, who said, My own life isn't terribly interesting, even to myself, and that is why... I write about people and places so different from the ones I know. Here's a poem for today by Linda Hogan. 